North-South Connection Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Cornoso. I'm Johnny C., and I'm going to be your host for today. We are continuing our coverage of Saturday night's main event uh, from October 5th, 1985. I, I got to tell you, I was only two years old at the time, but we were only, as I'm sure the other hosts have mentioned, this is such a cool event to go back and see, knowing that uh, 21 days after this event was complete, that uh, mankind would time travel for the very first time. And we all know that that uh, enriched us as a culture. And here today in 2022, with the uh, advent of time travel in 1985, things are harmonious and perfect. But since this is a pre-time travel world, we want to sort of reevaluate it and uh, go through the big matches in WWF, WWE history. And as I mentioned, we're here at Saturday Night's Main Event, October 5th, 1985. Vince McMahon is on commentary and he is selling, selling, selling. He sounds like a fucking used car salesman, but that's the Vince that I know, and that's the Vince that I love. He points out that Brandon Tartikoff of NBC is in the crowd with Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. I, I can only imagine what these guys are up to at this point in time. I'm sure Brandon is telling him about his uh, hit idea for the new fall season, and Arnold's like, Brandon, you're telling me there's no hope with dope? I think that's bullshit. I love the dope. But in all seriousness, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what this is all about. You know, I don't I'm, I, I'm not diving deep into research about this stuff because I want to give honest reactions to what I'm looking at at the time. But I am so fucking impressed by the fact that not only is Schwarzenegger in the crowd here at this event, but that they're pointing out to it. And he's with Brandon Tartikoff from NBC, which in all seriousness, the NBC WWF 80s connection is a power that can't be reckoned with. Just to give you some context, this is not even one year after the Terminator was released theatrically, because that was in October of 84. And uh, we're about one year away from Schwarzenegger starting production on The Running Man. So the fact that we cut right from Schwarzenegger to Jesse and Bobby standing in the ring for uh, an edition of The Body Shop makes me wondering, man, could, you know, is this where Arnold and Jesse met? Is this how the running man, you know, part got cast for Jesse? Like, I want to know, like, I want to watch, you know, behind the scenes footage, like a fly on the wall of just everything that happened for the WWF this weekend and Jesse Ventura and Schwarzenegger. And I would just kill to know what it was all about. But alas, uh, since I used up all my time travel credits for the year, I'll have to wait until next year. So, like I said, Jesse and Bobby are, are in the ring, which is a fantastic duo. I'm excited to see them. But I got to tell you, Jesse is wearing something. Um, it, I don't know. It looks like, like, I don't know, it looks like Buddy the Elf and Snuffleupagus, like, jerked off into a blender and then they put it on full speed and whatever came out is what jesse ventura is wearing he's got kind of like a a santa hat that's pink and i mean it looks like a pimp as well not a pimp like people would say in the 90s or the early aughts when i was in high school would be like oh dude that's pimp man no this is like a pimp like where's my money pimp i don't know i don't want to generalize pimps or anything like that i've got nothing against them it's not an easy profession so uh, Bobby's basically saying that he made Paul Orndorff a star, and, and then he's appalled by the fact that Paul Orndorff fired him as his manager on national television. And mind you, Bobby points out to us a fact that we didn't know about until just this moment. In about 30 seconds after Orndorff fired Bobby, Bobby was actually planning on firing Orndorff. 
So he didn't get one up on Bobby like he thought he did because he's an idiot. And that's what Bobby says. He's raised the bounty from $25,000 on Paul Orndorff to 50K. Now we're talking. Fuck a $15,000 slam match. This is some money. You know, why do I keep getting all the matches that revolve around money? Uh, it, it, am I guest starring in like a, an, an extra episode of the Book of Boba Fett that I don't know about? I mean, he's also a bounty hunter. Am I destined to become a bounty hunter? I'll report back later. Um, you know, but this is kind of, I don't want to say it's not, it's bad because it's certainly not bad. It's certainly good. It's certainly not great. It's very quick though. Uh, so I don't really blame Bobby and Jesse for this. I mean, it, you know, it's 1985. They're perhaps, the, um, you know, they're great now. They'll become epic with age. Uh, I got no problem with it, but essentially, yes, it's about, uh, Bobby raising the bounty to 50 K and, uh, you know, the last message that Bobby leaves uh, Paul Orndorff with before the segment is over, because it's a quick one, is he wants Orndorff to return his trunks and his boots, leave them in the ring, and retire. Which makes me wonder that, like, Paul Orndorff might have been, like, renting his, his fucking trunks from, from Bobby. Uh, I wouldn't want those things back. Just take the loss, man. Fuck the 50K. Keep it. And, and, and make Orndorff pay for the dry cleaning. Because uh, I feel like no matter how this goes, you're going to end up eating some money in the end. Cutting then to the back to Mean Gene with Paul Orndorff, and he asks him if he if he saw what Bobby and Jesse said on the body shop. Now these guys are in the aisle, like WrestleMania one style, and Orndorff's like, "Yeah, I did. I saw the body shop. I, I heard it too." Well, no shit, Paul. You're ugh. uh, in typical stuff here. He says Piper wears a dress. He hypothesizes that Piper's going to use the money he earns from the bounty on more dresses, but. You know, he shouldn't plan ahead because he's not going to get the money. Now, I mean, Gene suggests to Orndorff that he might use the money uh, to fix the plumbing in Piper Manor. Now, I'm not sure what this is a reference to. I I'm not up on my 85, 86 crazy shit that WWF did, but I, I need to find this Piper Manor stuff because it sounds like a great sketch, and I need to watch it, and I'm going to do that. Uh, Paul, Paul, his dynamite closing line uh, indicates that uh, he knows that Roddy Piper knows all about plumbing from his days of skin diving when he worked for Roto-Rooter. After those scathing remarks, Paul Orndorff makes a very 1985 entrance to the ring uh, with no music, very little fanfare, but the crowd's kind of in a frenzy, and I'm getting excited for the match. Uh, during this entrance, though, Vince warns Roddy Piper, if he's listening, that the check from Bobby the Brain Heenan may be issued by the Bank of Hong Kong and not be worth anything. I was thrown by this and did a little bit of research, and it looks out, looks like from 83 to 86, the Bank of Hong Kong uh, had a financial crisis on their hands that was created by a rapid credit expansion without any institutional supervision. So if you have any checks laying around in your house from the Bank of Hong Kong, dated it from 83 to 86, be careful when you go to cash it because it may not clear and you may find yourself in a bind. And if that does happen, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Save Martha Russo. Perhaps we can join forces with some friends of mine and uh, start a class action lawsuit against the Bank of Hong Kong. Just, uh, you know, leave leave some notes down there in the comments and let me know. Mean jeans with Roddy. It's simple. If Bobby doesn't pay me, I'll rip his throat out is what Piper says uh, when Gene postulates that Bobby might not even pay him for the job. 
Uh, I'm here to take out a man that's covered in baby oil, and I don't need any baby oil to look pretty. Uh, Roddy Piper also objects to Uncle Elmer's wedding, which I guess is a thing that's going to be happening later. So I'm super psyched for that. Um, because 12 years from now, we may have four or five additional Uncle Elmers running around if he uh, seals a deal. So Piper makes the entrance with the bagpipers, uh, kind of a staple of uh, this era of Piper from what I've seen, which is basically WrestleMania and this. He's got his, uh, his rowdy ones with him. Uh, Jesse finally joins Vince back on commentary. I thought for a second that uh, Vince might be flying solo. And now Bobby's coming back down the aisle, and Vince McMahon warns that his briefcase may be full of Confederate money as we go to commercial. It dynamite by Vince. Just class act all the way. It's cracking me up. We're back in the Meadowlands, World Fight! Uh, they're back after commercial. The bell finally rings, and the fucking Mega Sours explode. That's what I decided to call these guys, the Mega Sours. They are all on top of each other, rolling back and forth. Uh, it's quick punches, it's biting, it's scratching. It's kind of like an Attitude Era cat fight. But it's a really hot one. The crowd is super into it. Uh, they make their way to the outside. They make their way back in. There's not really action to call here. Uh, Roddy hits a really ugly DDT on Piper or on Orndorff because Orndorff like jumps to leave his feet when Piper does the DDT. But his DDT that he's doing is just like kind of a laydown DDT, not like a uh, you know an execution DDT. I hope that makes sense to somebody listening. Uh, but Orndorff shouldn't have jumped. Now they're back on the outside, and they're throwing each other into a table. A 1985 table, and I am fucking here for it. Now they're throwing chairs in the ring. They're back in, running around, rolling around on top of each other. Side suplex by Orndorff. Jesse notes it's the first wrestling match in the entire thing, and I think I agree. Roddy gets up. Paul Orndorff gets him with punches until the eye poke by Roddy Piper. A glorious eye poke, or as Vince McMahon refers to it, a gouge in the facial area. Uh, Orndorff whips Piper into the ropes and then spins like he's going to deliver the Texas Tornado discus punch. But instead, he just runs into Piper. Uh, they both go down. Uh, they, the, the ref issues a very quick 10 count. They're up immediately. Piper's on the ropes, flying body press by Orndorff. They both go over. And then the ref makes an even faster 10 count to signify the double count out and the end of the official match. However, these two keep brawling into the aisle way. And you can really see that we're in kind of a dirty, gross arena that's covering up ice. I think it's where the devils play. And I mean, hey, none against it. It's just a very 1980s five aesthetic. But I fucking love it. They fight. So far up the aisle, they go under that cool Saturday night's main event announce position where Vince and Jesse are sitting like above the aisle. Super badass. Then they go to the backstage and fight in 1985. This is a thing that I didn't expect to see. Granted, it's a very subdued version of quote unquote, and I'm doing the finger quotes thing, backstage fighting. But they're still fighting backstage until eventually Piper runs into an office and they have a fucking straight-up door-pushing fight. Piper's trying to close it. Orndorff's trying to keep it open. And the crowd is popping like crazy. I don't even know how they can see this. But, you know, they're having a, a, a like, elementary school door fight. Eventually, Piper gets the door shut. I'm assuming locks it from the other side because Orndorff can't get in. He tries to knock it over. Stay with us! And, you know, that's, that's Vince McMahon letting us know that we've got to go to commercial. 
which means it's the end of my segment. I'll tell you what, man. This was a lot of fun. The wrestling portion was, it made sense. These guys were WrestleMania 1 tag team partners, the Mega Sours. It, it, it makes sense that there's not going to be headlocks and, uh, you know, wrist locks, test of strength. These guys did exactly what they should have done. I want to make that very clear. And for that, I applaud them immensely, and they did it very well. However, the intensity level, you know, it's sometimes it kind of looked like a baby fight, okay? Um, that's, that's the easiest way I can explain it. So, like, it's a, it's a five-minute sprint where maybe a minute and a half is kind of like a baby fight, uh, which is good enough for me. For the whole overall package, I'm going to give it three stars because interviews, body shops, you know, fighting, a little bit of extracurricular, great commentary, a wonderful just experience to have. It's definitely this segment is a total three star experience. Um, You know, the, the wrestling is never the wrestling portion is never going to set the world on fire, guys. But at the same time, this is a hell of a lot of fun. So that's going to do it for me. For Johnny C, that is. I guess that's me. Kind of rhymes. We'll go with it. Uh, you know, stay with us for the, you know, conclusion of Saturday Night's Main Event. There's going to be a wedding. It's going to be a happening. Check out us every day on the North-South Connection podcast where there's new content dropping, whether it's TNA Never Dies, uh, the Cronoso Daily that you're listening to right now. It could be Viewer's Choice, which happens after pr- every premium live event. Uh, it could be, you know what that means, an AEW podcast. WCW must die behind the connection with JT. No holds barred. Cronoso Network with Ryan Gray. Just, there's plenty of evergreen content here for you to check out. Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. I could go on and on all day. But my the reason I do that, though, is to let you know that whatever wherever your fandom is, was, or you want it to be, there is probably something that you can hone into on this network that will scratch that itch that you have. What's that you say? You really got into it when the NWO formed? Check out the back catalog of Wrestling Warzone. What's that? You always heard that, uh, you know, the, the, the late, the late 2000s or the, the late 2010s were the best wrestling years you've ever seen? Well, check out the back catalog of the full series. Um, the year that was by Aaron George, and you can see how well athleticism stacks out against stacks up, excuse me, against entertainment and character development, uh, which is fascinating for that. So I'm going to stop rambling. We'd certainly appreciate you guys giving us this shot uh, to entertain you with our segments each day. And uh, I'll be back in the future with more Cronoso Daily. <laughs>